and welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. And guess what? You should actually subscribe to this podcast if you are a PR person or wanting to get in the PR industry. So subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And leave us a review. It always helps with that as well. But I'm going to get to my guest this week is Lauren Kazarak. And she's actually a really techie type of person or actually goes into the tech industry for PR pros. So if you're looking to get in the industry, this is actually a really good episode for you. She was formerly the head of global communications and content strategy at Hacker One. So she worked with hackers, which is always interesting. And now she is the vice president of communication at Zadara, which is still part of tech, but it's still more data storage. And so it's great to have you on the show, Lauren. Thank you so much, Brett. Great to be here. And first question I always ask my guest is, are you coffee or tea drinker? Ah, uh, yes. I am all coffee all the time. Mm. Always drinking coffee. Any favorite ones? The one that is available to me is my favorite. <laughs> I love my daily driver is some black coffee with some almond milk. I love a, an oat milk latte when I'm getting fancy. Caffeine. I love it. Ah, nice. And for basically people that don't really understand or anything, what is kind of your most interesting stories about security or cybersecurity specifically? Have you had any interesting stories about that? Oh, absolutely. How much time do we have? <laughs> just, just teasing. So I, I can't share my most interesting stories being a, a cybersecurity professional, but there's always something cool going on in security. I think some of my favorites recently have been Santiago Lopez was a hacker I met in Las Vegas in 2015 at Black Hat and DEF CON. He was a brand new hacker at the time I was at Hacker One, where we were rewarding hackers for finding vulnerabilities. And so Santiago and his parents came out to Las Vegas so that he could compete live in a live hacking event. Fast forward to 2019, that 19-year-old hacker was the world's first millionaire hacker. And so being able to tell that story, and we had the BBC fly out and got to really tell the world. And hackers like Santiago are an inspiration for future generations. It's like sports stars or how folks that are really good at gaming are rising in the ranks. And so being able to see Santiago at the beginning of his career and then one of those highlights was definitely one of my favorite stories that I was able to be involved in and got to tell the world. Interesting. And you said black hat. So are there different types of pets hackers where I understand it, but maybe some people actually don't understand the different types of hackers. So Specifically, what does a black hat mean for hacker lingo? Yeah, absolutely. So black hat, in this case, is a conference. But hats are used to describe whether a hacker is, well, to identify their intent. So good or bad is the way that it is used, black being black hats and white hats. But I think in general, hackers are, I don't know if they really like using hats, but black hat is specifically the conference. Mm. We always carry too many hats, so I understand their dislike for hats. <laughs> exactly. Way too many hats. You'd have to ask a hacker what kind of hat they identify with, if any. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll just be like, we don't care about our hats anymore. <laughs> Most likely. And 
where does PR pros fall short when it comes to crafting maybe a cybersecurity story? I'm pretty sure a lot of them understand tech to a very minimal level, but they might not understand it fully with cybersecurity. Yeah. So I think when you look at PR stories around security, there's two kinds. So there's the proactive and the reactive. So you're thinking proactive, maybe you have news or a news release. Maybe you have the opportunity to pre-brief media and get that story out there. Reactive, you might be dealing with an incident. So something that requires external awareness. You got to let your customers know something's happened or you're reacting to something in the media landscape that your customers or community is interested in. So I think one of the biggest challenges is companies waiting until they have an incident to think about their security message. It's something breaks. Oh, no, now we have to tell our customers about security. So it's really a mindset shift. All organizations have security issues, all of them, bugs, vulnerabilities. There's a human factor. Nothing is perfectly secure. And as Kara Berry, your prior guest from Topgolf, mentioned, the importance of trust. So security stories are the same. The way that you build that trust with your customers and community starts with proactively talking about security and how you protect them. So another really important area for security stories is transparency. It all goes back to that trust. So especially when working with an incident or something reactive, the truth sets you free. It's not always pretty. Usually there's work to be done. But the more we normalize security flaws and talk about the challenges that we're all faced with to protect our data, the better off we are as an industry, the more we can learn from each other, and the easier it is for comms people. Mm. And is there ways that they can actually build that trust? Is it ways of like sharing like what types of, without going into too much detail, what types of security they're offering, like encrypting like sensitive data with 128 bit encryption, if I'm saying that right, is there ways of actually like writing that through press releases or whatever else? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think you're on the right path, which is, Find your communication channels and how your customers and audiences are talking to you and use those channels. I mean, it doesn't always have to be a press release. It can be in blogs that you're writing and product features and updates. Think about security as not a, an add-on, but rather a competitive differentiator. It's part of the technology you're creating. It's part of your brand. Security belongs to everyone in the company, not just those in IT and tech. And so when you think about it from that way, why are you not talking about security? There's ways to weave it into to all of your messaging. And people really care about that. They want to know that brands are protecting their data. And being transparent and proactive in speaking about that can help build that trust before you need it. Yeah. And has it been because of all the big data breaches that have happened from Sony way back when to Target to Home Depot? Has that put a lot of at least customers in the forefront of like, are you protecting my actual information or experience as well was a huge one too. So has that kind of shifted PR people to be like, maybe we should start talking about this a little bit more than previous years. Yeah, I have to imagine. I mean, the, the breach landscape is always evolving. You know, there's always a new incident, always a new, vulnerability or cool research coming out of a conference that's showing ways that hackers have been able to demonstrate a flaw 
that absolutely has made security a mainstream topic. And yeah, I think to that end, PR people should absolutely be thinking about it in that way. You know, it is, but it's not only the breach, it's the chance to tell the proactive story as well. Breaches make it more topical, but as we are putting more and more data in applications and on the internet, consumers are going to ask about that and they, they should. Mm -hmm. And when talking about tech, people can, as I've talked about tech before to my friends and stuff, their eyes start to roll over or glaze up and you're like, Oh, I'm talking or I'm being boring. So how can you make that for PR pros compelling story about cybersecurity? Since a lot of times when you go really in depth with tech, people will just glaze over their eyes. <laughs> well, I think security is always interesting. So I don't know what you're talking about. I think like any story, I would talk to the people that are doing the work that they are proud of. So when I'm looking to find a really good security story, I go to the folks in the organization that are working on security and I ask them, what, what are you working on? Why are you excited about it? You know, kind of tell me more. I think that's a really good way to find those stories that maybe don't appeal to everyone, but for that specific audience, they'll understand. I think also, you know, security doesn't always have to be the cool topic that you lead with, maybe at your cocktail party, but it's a fundamental piece to everything we do related to tech. And so I think when you think about it in that way, it's just essential. It's like anything else that you're talking about in your technology story. It's core. So how can we make compelling stories with influencers or hackers? Can hackers be influencers and how can that help branch out the story to more people than what a PR pro can actually reach? Yeah, absolutely. So I think hackers today already are influencers. So if you are looking to do an influencer program with security, you're in luck. They have followings. They're speaking at conferences. Many of them are engineers during the day at leading companies. And absolutely, it's a way to have another expert voice in your story. It's a great way to get feedback. And many companies are working with hackers to find where they are most vulnerable. So by including those hackers in the story, it's just another voice that you can use and a really great community to tap into. Mm -hmm. And working with hackers and influencers, is it different from working from, I don't know, other influencers in different types of industries? Because they're a little bit more, to me, they're more interesting or is it kind of the same way as dealing with other influencers in other industries? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely different. Hackers, like any other group, have their own culture. I think, too, that because they have such a strong following and community online, that's always cool and inspiring. And there's their own nuances to working with them. But yeah, I mean, like anything else we do, we take a customer approach and yeah, talk to them in the way that they are speaking and where they're at. You know, they're online, they're on social media channels. They're very influential. Mm -hmm. And for cybersecurity, it seems like a lot of PR pros are now putting that into their crisis plan. Is there like tips to actually write a better crisis plan for cybersecurity? And what tips do you have to help them out with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think if you're working on a crisis plan, someone once said to me, and I will repeat this now to everyone, which is you learn more in an hour of working in an incident in a year of planning. And I really believe that. So when you're creating your crisis plan, 
don't draft this beautiful plan, call it final, put it on your drive somewhere and let it collect dust. You should really be pressure testing your plan. So every time there is an issue or something, run your plan, run it all the way through from the initial identification of something that could have security concerns to the internal retro with your engineers where afterwards you talk about how it went. By working your plan all the way through, you will have a well-oiled machine by the time you actually have to use it or if you have to use it at all. So knowing who your stakeholders are, knowing how you communicate with your sales organization, your different channels, and who needs to review your messaging, doing all of that in advance and then really pressure testing it will allow your team just to move that much faster should you ever need the plan. Mm, so basically what you're telling me is practice makes perfect. Yeah, exactly. So all you PR pros out there, you should be practicing your, all your crisis plans, every single one of them. All of them, test them. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but really practice them, you know, run through the incident, ask for feedback afterwards and resist the urge to have planned nondescript messaging around your security issues. Well, it can feel safe. You want the chance to help write the narrative and tell your own story. And sometimes if your messaging is too safe, someone else might end up telling that story for you. Mm. So try to be as non-template as you can be with your crisis plan is what I'm hearing. Yeah, or as specific as you can. While being, yeah, I think that's great. Run it, I mean, a great test. Run it past your the technical folks that you work with. Ask your engineers, ask your security engineers, ask your IT staff, gut check your messaging and see those are the folks that are most interested in most cases about security issues and the impact. And so ask those folks, what do they think? Are we in the right spot? How would you react to something like this? Keep iterating and it'll only make it better. Mm -hmm. So the PSA is make sure you treat your IT people and security people really well. Always. <laughs> treat all your colleagues well. Yes. I mean, don't always just go here, fix it. I don't know what broke, but just fix it. Yeah, seriously. For brands to kind of help with this, how can they actually educate their customers about how they're protecting their customers' data? Because you can say that you're doing it, but should there be like videos on like what types of security protocols to a certain extent you're actually using? Should you bring in like your engineers and IT team to help with at least getting the message out that we are actually doing our best to protect you? Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the type of data your company is charged with protecting and the type of customer. So if you are a fast food company, the demands from your customers around security and knowing how you're protecting their data may not be as high as if you are a bank or a financial institution processing cryptocurrencies. So it really, like all messaging, know your audience, know what they expect, and then work to deliver on that level of transparency that makes sense for your business, for your customers, and for, for your communication strategy. Mm -hmm. And actually talking about just small businesses that are e-commerce, what step could you give them to help them communicate that their actual data is protected? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of small businesses are like, how do we do this? Yeah, I think for, for small businesses, the ways that you protect your data 
are going to depend, again, based on what does your business do? What data are you in charge with? Even just employee awareness and training, things like that can give your customers confidence. It's all about bringing awareness to the internal things that you are already doing to protect your customers. And so it's not necessarily creating new content or processes that maybe weren't there before, but it's just having that layer of transparency where security is just part of business. Cybersecurity is, can be a competitive differentiator. So lean into it. I think too many PR pros can be afraid of security or think if we talk about our security, our consumers will think we are insecure. And that is not the case, especially in our landscape that we're in now where there's breaches all the time. It's a way to build trust and it's a way to kind of normalize that security flaws, security issues are inherent in all technology today. These are the proactive steps our brand is taking. We want our customers to know. Mm -hmm. And transitioning to more internal communication, how do you actually educate the employees? Because a lot of times data breaches happen internally more than externally. So how can you message to the employees about safe practices when working and not opening things that you shouldn't be opening? Yeah. So this is where you go back to your great relationship with your IT and security team. It should not be owned by one group. Security is everyone's responsibility and creating a culture of security is vital in order for an organization to be operating in its safest state. So I think that's really where it starts. It's working with your team on what do we need for uh, compliance? What are the GDPR guidelines that we need to follow? And then making sure that the company knows that they need to take specific trainings or if they come across something that they know the appropriate channels to escalate that to IT so it can be investigated. It's really not just having a dialogue. Don't do anything in a vacuum. Work with your colleagues and between your communication expertise and their understanding of the needs for the business for compliance and training, together you'll come up with a great plan and you can work together to roll it out so that everyone in the company is aware. And even for PR teams, what are some best practices to make sure their social media accounts are secure? Because, I mean, Twitter was in the news a couple of weeks ago, even about high profile accounts being hacked and sending out things that they shouldn't have been sending out. So how do you even get like the PR teams and the marketing teams to actually do really good security as well? Because social media accounts get hacked all the time. Yeah, my best security tip for PR pros or anyone out there is to use a password manager. So password manager, like LastPass or 1Password, you have one master password to rule them all. And then they will generate long, tricky passwords for you to use. So passwords are really hard for us to remember and really easy for computers to guess. Use a password manager. Make your life easier. Have more secure credentials. I can attest to this because I actually use LastPass. It's great, right? Oh, yeah. I don't have to remember passwords anymore. It was so difficult to remember. I don't know how many accounts I'm on. And you have to like, wait, what was that password again? Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Get a password manager. I'm with you on that one. Yes, I agree. And fun question for you. Who is your favorite tech inventor or even hacker? Oh, great question. My favorite 
tech inventor. I mean, how can I have a favorite? The robot in my kitchen can order me paper towels when my watch tells me how many hours I've slept. There is so much technology around us every day. But I will say my favorite hacker, I just share that great story about Santiago, the first million-dollar hacker at 19. And, you know, he right now, he can be my favorite for today. All right. Hey, success stories are always great. And if you actually know them personally, it's even better. Yeah, absolutely. And any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, I would say. So I know it can seem like a lot of brands are getting security wrong, but security is really hard. So I think that's an important lens to look at. So the industry has a notorious 0% unemployment rate. It doesn't matter how many resources a company has, they're still learning a lot about security. And so when you keep that in mind, it can really change the way we approach messaging and kind of normalizing that cybersecurity risks are real and everyone has them, but it's the companies that are most transparent that have my trust. And so I encourage PR pros to kind of challenge themselves to be a bit more transparent about what your company is doing to protect your customers before you need it. And also, security has been really fun. I've been in the industry for a long time, but now I'm trying something new. So for all you PR pros out there, follow the stories that you find interesting and don't be afraid to, to try new things. You'll become a better comms person at the end of the day as a result. Yes. Always try new things. Hey, five years ago, I tried podcasting. Yeah. Look at us now. Yes. Podcasting is huge right now. (laughs) Taking off. You're ahead of the curve. Sometimes you make good bets and sometimes you make bad bets. This one was a good bet. Yeah. Podcasting. I think it's going to be here for a while. Yeah. And speaking of that, thank you for joining us on PR360, Lauren. We really appreciate your expertise in this area. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, one more time, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And leave us a review as well. And join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe, have fun, get out there, and have a good week. See you next week. Later.